Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Brown Skin Speaks Radio. I am your host for this evening, Wednesday, May 26th, and I go by the name Brown Skin. Tonight I'm joined by my good friend, Lady Spice, who's here to co-host tonight's episode. From time to time, I'll have special guests co-host with me or friends. Lady Spice, are you there? I am, I am. Thank oh, you for having what's me. What's up, lady? I'm good. How are you doing? It's been a while. Yeah, I know, I know. Thank you for joining me. Um, <clears throat> so tonight's topic is called Let's Talk About It, Functional Illiteracy Among Children with Ms. Shonda, who's been a reading teacher for over 10 years. She's part of an organization called Bright Minds Reading and Math Center. She joins us tonight to discuss this illiteracy disease in our children, among our children, how her organization is helping resolve it, and what we all need to do to cure it. Please join in on the discussion at 347-202-0591 or on my Twitter page, brownskin, twitter.com slash brownskin, spelled B-R-N-S-K-N. Ms. Shonda, are you there? Oh, yes, I am. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Well, thank you for joining us this evening. Oh, no problem. It's, it's, it's a pleasure to do this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Lady Spice and I have some great questions for you because we really want to dig deep in this um, illiteracy issue, um, especially the high rates. So we want to first talk about right. your organization, um, Bright Minds, Reading and Math Center. How did that start? A little bit about you and where you teach and stuff like that. Um, well, actually, I've been doing this for over 10 years, and it. It started by me just uh, teaching kids uh, in the neighborhood, and we'd see that, you know, wow, they need to start at an early age. And then I started going into the schools, and, uh, you know, I would notice that these children were lacking. Parents would ask, well, can you come to the meetings? Can you come and sit in the meetings? I don't understand what's going on, but, of course, um, by the time that the parents would start asking me to sit in on meetings with them, um, the child would be like in the fifth or sixth grade, you know. Yeah. So, of course, right. at that point, you know, now it's even a bigger problem than it would have been if they had, if this hadn't happened, in, you know, they would have been in the first or second grade, and then at that point you could have, you know, done a little bit more. So it kind of started like that, you know, just teaching uh, my own kids and the neighborhood kids and, um, you know, that I would take care of uh, when they were five and six years old, and then it kind of spiraled, you know, you know, into to this big organization here. So it's really been a pleasure, um, you know, doing this for the last 10 years. And it's, it's heartbreaking, though. It really is heartbreaking to see, um, you know, how many children are being affected by the simple fact that they're not being taught how to read properly. Wow, yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, when I first heard about this, I was just, at least when I saw the stats, I was quite surprised because, you know, you keep on hearing over and over again that, you know, educate your ch- kids, take them to school, help them with their homework, but yet, you know, there's still this huge gap um, or this um, sort of um, void that needs to be filled, at least, you know, in families. Um, whether it's at home or even in school, you know. So what would you say are the current statistics um, of, at present of children not being able to read? Well, the, the current statistics uh, show that it's 90% of our youth oh my are unable to read. Um, and, of course, by the time they get to the fourth grade, they're actually um, determining 
you know, how many jail cells they're going to build based upon your <laughs> So, um, you know, Bright Minds, what we do is we, we focus on trying to help blocks of people at a time. We believe in starting small and then working outward. You know, sometimes you want to save a lot of kids, but you end up not saving a lot of children because you're trying to do so much. So we kind of focus, you know, on blocks of children and and, and working outward and trying to make sure that they're understanding the basic fundamentals because this is what's happening. At 90, if you're looking at a 90% of our children that are unable to read, in the fourth grade, you got to understand that by the time they get to the fourth grade, after fourth grade, they don't teach you how to read any longer. Right. So if you if you put a child, in, you know, in a room in a classroom and they're expected to sit there six seven hours per day, and they're not understanding what's going on, then these children begin to act out. So then you you know you have other issues that begin to happen. So you know ninety percent is is horrible. It's a it disease is. that we really have to cure because if you if you can't read, you can't do your math, you can't do English, um, I mean you can't do uh, um, science, social right. studies. All it of basically those hinders fall by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does. Yeah, so, which is uh, actually kind of surprising ahead. to me because I know, um, like, my mom had a, like, growing up, you know, my mom had a job, you know, we had those working parents that had two, three jobs on the side, but I went straight from um, the home straight to grade two, you know, able to read, able to write, like, everything, you know. So when I go out there and I meet kids, whether, you know, it's at functions or church or whatever, you know, event it is, and I see, like, seven graders, not seventh graders, um, seven-year-old, eight-year-old, nine-year-old, and you're not able to, you know, read basic words, sometimes I get so shocked because I'm like, I was way past this when I was your age. <laughs> right, and you see, we as a community, we as a community have to understand that, you know, reading must be the most important thing that we teach our kids. We have to, that has to be the first and foremost um, important thing that we begin to teach our kids, and we should actually start at four years old, um, mm-hmm. you know, yep. five years old. It begins in the home. And, right. um, you know, unfortunately, though, you know, um, some parents are, you know, disengaged. They don't understand that, you know, right. their children are not being taught how to read. So they think um, that when their child can read fluently, that they're understanding, that they're comprehending, that they're, they, they have a good grasp on what they do. However, what you'll find is when these kids are being assessed, they are doing horrible, you know, in their spelling, their their vocabulary, uh, their comprehension skills, and uh, they're all they're doing horrible in those areas. And so what happens is when you begin to get up to the higher grades, the subjects become a little bit more difficult and the materials become a little bit more difficult, right. and therefore, you know, this is where you you're you're getting these these these. Uh, statistics that are, you know, at 90%, you know, reading below right. grade levels. Right. So, so my question is then, and, and I know, you know, it's a big deal. The achievement gap, of course, is, has been something that's been, that's affected a lot of uh, children and students or just families of color. Now, um, do you think that 
part of this has been the achievement gap has attributed to the high number of literacy, or are there other factors involved? Well, I certainly do think that um, the achievement gap does, uh, you know, contribute to the, the, the literacy rate. I mean, um, when you're starting, when you're, when you're looking into the fourth grade, uh, uh, when you look at fourth graders and they're reading below the proficient reading level, right? and then um, after the fourth grade, again, they're not being taught how to read. At that point, it's assumed that you, sh you, you know these basic fundamentals of right. reading, so you're not being taught how to read. So all those, some people are actually functioning. Um, they're graduating and they're not really sure, you know, how they're coming about this graduation yet. They're not really literate, but yet they can function. They're, they're, in a, they're functioning in society, but they don't have enough tools to really teach their children. Right, right, right. And so at this point, what's happening is you have parents who are not literate themselves, mm -hmm. and they're having children, and they're not understanding that their children are following the same footsteps and even right. the best parents. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they mean well, but a lot of times, you know, they're not understanding that their child is falling by the wayside, and that's why we as a community, we must begin step in. To, mm -hmm. to, to step in mm -hmm. and, and take over and go to the school and, and have our children assessed, have their, reading, have their reading assessed and get them evaluation so that they can see that, you know, where their children are falling short. Right. Uh, so, I'm actually glad you said mm -hmm. something about the parents. Not to cut you off, Lady Spice. I, I'm, no, I'm glad you said right. something about that because it's a big deal. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of parents aren't really involving themselves as fully as they need to in right. their school education. Um, and, that, and that was my next question to you. Do you think that parents are doing enough? And 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 if not, what do they need to do? I mean, even parents that are are literate, what? Why is it that that by the time they find out their children are illiterate, they're already past that level? Well, um, I'm going to tell you. I, to be quite honest, I'm going to tell you. You know, there are some parents that are really involved in their children's education, right. and and sometimes even they, you know, are are you know, aren't even aware of what's going on until, they're, you know, the fourth or fifth grade. And then those parents, they do work very hard and diligently trying to get their, their child the necessary help that they need. I mean, I work with parents all the time that, are, you know, are in that boat. But then I have to tell you about the other set of parents that really I can tell you story after story where I have boys and girls who have reached the seventh and eighth grade and they're reading at a kindergarten or first grade, second grade level, mm -hmm. and they're in the seventh grade. And you have to wonder, how did the child get to this point? And at, right. at what point? I mean, you know, the parent had to know that their child could not read. And, I mean, right. it's blatant. It's, it's blatant. So the parent right. had to know. So, you know, and these parents have no problem going out and putting their child in, you know, they're, they're in the, all the basketball games. They're, you know, they got the latest and the greatest sneakers. Right. You know, they are involved in everything. But when it comes to reading and getting them to, getting them help with their reading, mm -hmm. you know, there's, everything comes before that. You know, right. so, you know, the parents have to bear some of the responsibility 
schools have to bear some of the responsibilities mm-hmm. because if the child is in school for seven hours, you know, what are they doing with the, with the right. children, you know, at right. this point? I, I mean, it's almost astonishing to me because, like you said, Ms. Chandra, like, you know, they get, they, I don't, it, it sort of passes over my mind how they're able to get to the next grade and then the next grade after that. If that problem is seen from the beginning, you know, wouldn't it be better for teachers or for whoever, the the government or whoever's in charge to notice it at that early stage and then want to do something about it as opposed to, you know, letting them get all the way there where now it's a problem for them to even further their education because it's almost as if, you know, they've been left so far behind, you know. So um, then the you other know, well, thing that I mm-hmm. – oh, I'm sorry, let me interrupt you. No, 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 sorry, no keep go going. ahead. No, I was going to say, well, the other thing is that, you know, um, a lot of times these kids are labeled, you know, and, and, and what's happening is they just want to just pass them because, you know, now they don't, they don't really know how to teach them and they're not equipped to teach them at this point. You know, so they just kind of want to, you know, get rid of them and keep them moving. So they end up passing them and passing them to the next grade and to the next grade. And, um, you know, and if it's a disciplinary problem, which usually it is, I mean, think about it. If you were taken and someone put you in China, okay, someone put you in China and, you know, you had to be able to speak Chinese and you had to know their way of life and you had to do everything their way in order to eat, you know, in order to survive. I mean, wouldn't you act out somewhat? You know, wouldn't you begin to act out? Right. I I would. I would, but I I almost feel like the situation is different because this is the language in which you're brought up, you know, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, Okay, you've reached a certain age, you know, you know, your learning skills are diminishing by the yes. second, and you now have to sort of get a grasp on a new language. You know what I mean? Like, English yes. is something that we discuss in, it's something that you dream in, you talk in, you do your daily activities in, you know. I'm not trying to take away from the fact that, oh, you know, there's a problem that needs to be to be resolved, but, I mean, I guess my whole point is, and it brings everything back to um, the beginning is how to get um, parents or your family or whoever it is that interested in your education so much so that they actually want to take that, whether it's tentative step or, you know, that first step to saying, okay, this is the issue. You know, I don't want my child to grow up the way I grew up. I want my child to be better than me. Let's do something about it, you know. It's, it doesn't have to, be, have to be seen as a task. Okay, this is my kid, and I have to teach them when they come home because I'm expected to do that, you know. But, like, what are maybe to change the way people think about it so much more so that it more sounds like a creative activity that you can do with your kid, you know, like figure out what they're interested in, maybe get them books in that sort of department so they'll want to read to find out more about something that they're interested in, you know what I mean? I I totally understand and and I I do agree. However, the other thing of that is that if you – you have a lot of reading programs out there and a lot of the reading programs are saying, you know, just give them more books and you know, right. give them books so that they can read. But if the child doesn't know how to read, then they're, they're not interested. Right. It, it, it right. turns them off, you know. Right. So 
yes, you want to get them books so that they, you know, can read and they will be interested. But first, you know, I mean, uh, I have, you know, children that, you know, I teach and I have taught personally. Uh-huh. And, you know, you know, the first thing you do is you want to get books that they can read, but they're discouraged because they cannot physically read the book. So even right. the subjects that they're interested in, they are discouraged because they cannot read the books. And this is why you have to start from ground zero, you know, right. with, with children, even if they are older kids and if they are, you know, really in bad. There, you know, are, are times when the kids maybe there's just a couple of core part of reading that they're not really, um, they need to enhance more. But there are the, the kids that I'm talking about that are really, you know, at behind and they're reading all together, you know, these kids, you have to start from ground zero. You have to make sure that they know all of their phonetics, skills, um, you know, there's a whole gamut of, of things that are involved in reading that you want to take under consideration, um, you know, when you're talking about reading. Uh, reading is by far the most important, I, I can't say it enough, it's the most important skill. And you'll find that when children begin to read and they see how, you know, it just opens up a whole new world for them. And right. so so what you're saying, I totally agree. You want to get them books that they're interested in and make it fun and, and creative, but you you still have to go and get to those core. That basic, basic skill of reading, being able right. to read. And yeah. I mean, it starts, you know, from, I mean, really basic, you know, right. and it depends on the level of where the child is at, but it really starts at the, you know, basic. It's just like this, you know, when you're doing math and uh, you, you you can't, you don't throw division at them right away because if they don't know how to add, subtract, um, multiply, then they can't do the division. Mm-hmm. The same thing goes for reading. You know, you, 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 you throw a book at them, but if they don't know the simple words and the, the phonetics, you, you know, they're not going to enjoy the book and they're going to be discouraged even on the things that they enjoy and find uh, interesting. For those that are now tuning in um, for Bouncing Speaks Radio, we're talking about functional illiteracy among children and how it's about 90% of our children that um, aren't reading at a proficient level. And We have Ms. Shonda on the phone with us. Um, so, Ms. Shonda, I know we basically went through the problem and the issue at hand, um, but I want to talk more about, you know, for, for listeners that just came in, uh, on Bright Minds Reading Map Center. You're based out of Connecticut, but correct? You're based out of Connecticut. Yeah, that is correct, yes. Okay. But just for those that may not be in that area, you know, um, where can they jump on board to find out more about your, your organization? How do parents and, you know, um, come on to find out what they need to do and be a part of your organization to help their children get to that proficient level um, of reading. Well, right now we're, we're rolled out a program, and what we are uh, suggesting that all parents do is um, have their child assessed. And, and basically, what that is is you you have them. You the first place you want to start is you want to find out you know uh, you know how they're doing in their reading. And, yes, the schools do give, you know, um, their tests, you know, based on the state that you're in. But, you know, we always suggest that you give them an independent, um, have, them te- have them evaluated independently. And so that's where we start. We've rolled out a program now. We're in the process of rolling it out where, um, you know, we actually evaluate the child online, the simple evaluation, 
um, and it evaluates their comprehension. It evaluates their phonetic skills, um, word recognition, all of those different parts of reading. And so um, although I'm based out of Connecticut, we have the ability to reach um, as far as the Virgin Islands, you know, mm -hmm. with, with this particular program, which is really great. Um, and, and for those that are interested in, you know, evaluations, you know, I can give my, my number at the end of this uh, uh, program and, you know, we could discuss further. We also have an email address that you can send the email to us as well, and um, we will, you know, be able to assess your child at that point. Right, right, right. Um, now, um, do you know what the statistics are as far as broken down in race? Because that was the, the main thing that I thought about. So when you said 90%, I said, okay, out of that 90%, how many of those children are black children? Um, well, that's that's what I mean. I mean, when you when I say ninety percent, I'm talking um, basically by the child by the time our child is in the fourth grade, it, it roughly is about eighty five percent of African American children that yeah. are reading below proficient reading level. Okay. Wow. And this is and this is as of two thousand and nine. <laughs> Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. No. So I mean, as you can see, those you know, and that's that's the report that's given to us by the government. I mean, so right. those are pretty pretty serious scores there. Yes. And of course, when you get to the tenth grade, it's even you know sometimes it's even worse in certain states. Yeah, yeah. Have um have has your organization faced any pertinent issues or challenges, um, you know, doing what you're doing or reaching um, those across the country and, and, and the world and various other countries? Well, yes, what you know, um, sometimes when you, when you mention reading to people and you talk to uh, different organizations, um, churches, what have you, sometimes, you know, they, you, know you find that until you really, I don't think that they really believe you initially because they, they think, you know, it just can't be <laughs> that bad. Shock. You know, you must be exaggerating, right? <laughs> and they kind of look at you and they kind of, their eyes kind of glaze over like she, she's making this up, you know. But right. um, mm -hmm. if, you, if you think about it, if 90% of the children that are reading at this rate in the fourth grade, they must be in your neighborhood. It got to be a few of them in your neighborhood. So, um, yes, we, you know, we we talk to different organizations, and sometimes at first it is a little difficult um, trying to get them to really understand how serious this problem is. They, you know, and until you can really get to the leaders or the parents, the people that you know other people look at and respect. At that point, then that's when they begin to say, "Really, is it really that bad?" You know. Right. Um, so I think first and foremost, it's like they really don't believe. You. So the the hardest part is to get people to listen to you, and then, then the second hardest part is to, you know, get people to come and have an assessment done. Because what's happening is you will have quite a few people that say, "Well, you know, my my child is reading. I don't know anyone who's." who's doing horrible, and quite honestly, you, it's not even a matter of whether the child is doing horrible. Um, the, the, the thing is, there are some kids that are really doing, you know, kindergarten, as I mentioned earlier, 
you know, you might have a child in the seventh grade reading at a first or second grade level. But there are those kids also who are able to make it through school. They're getting decent grades. When I say decent, I mean maybe B, C. You know, they're, they're, they're not doing horrible in school, but they're not doing the best that they can do. And what's happening is there are red flags that come up that they need to enhance certain skills, and those particular skills aren't being taken seriously because these kids aren't seen as having a problem. So a lot of times you don't, you're, you're not able to get these people to really look at this really seriously because they figure, well, you know, they're doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, they don't look at the child's full potential. So a lot of times you're not able to get the full attention of the powers that be, you know. And so I find that that is the most difficult part is getting the attention of, you know, the, the leaders to let them know how difficult it is and, and how, how terrible it is and how they really need to do something about it. Okay. Okay. Now, I know you have to go soon, but I just have one last question um, before, you know, Bronskin <laughs> takes it over and wraps it up. Uh-huh. But um, now you said you've been doing this for 10 years, and that's been a decade. That's been quite a while. Um, yes. Have you seen or what are some of the improvements that you've seen in this span of time, um, considering that, you know, the statistics now are 90% and, you know, what would you say is one very drastic measure um, to drive, you know, the point home for parents or people listening um, into the show? Um, I was the first thing, and first and foremost, I would say, you know, get your child assessed. That's the major thing. Is even if your child, you know, is not reading or you don't see a problem. I think everyone across the board should first start off by getting their child assessed. Okay, people, you all heard that. Get out and do it. (laughs) And then, then then they should also let people know who have friends, cousins, nieces. Everyone has, you know, knows people that have kids. They should let them know. They should really get the word out. First and foremost, get their child assessed. Find out where their weak points are. Find out, you know, you know, they may not have any weak points, but then again, if they have one or two weak points, that could be the difference between them uh, achieving their goal and them not achieving the goal. You know, science is one of them. You know, a lot of us don't go into science or anything having to do with science because you can't pronounce the words. So, um, again, the first and foremost thing I would say to do is get your child assessed. I can't stress that enough. Hmm. Okay. And that, and I, And I believe once you find out, where the weak points are, that definitely closes the gap because now you have those average students moving into above proficient, and that's where you want it to be. You want it to be at grade level or above grade level. You you don't want to see the below proficient because that's basically saying, you know, they're just getting by, and you don't want them to just get by. You want them to really reach the full Well, level. right, 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 okay. Well, yeah. Please give them your contact information, Ms. Shonda, website or email address, phone number, so they can really follow up with Bright Minds um, Reading and Math Center. Okay, well, the um, email address is uh, S-H-A-N-D-A, Shonda, and that's S-A-L, at sbcglobal.net. Okay. 
Shonda and Shonda it's a telephone number. Because I yes. want to put it in. Um, so Shonda S A L at S B Global dot net. Yes. Okay. okay. And um, the telephone number is eight six zero. Uh huh. Nine nine seven. Six eight zero three. And we'd be happy to answer any questions. Um, and lead you in the right direction. Again, we're going to be rolling out many programs so that um, we'll be able to keep track of our children and, and find out what their progress is. Okay. That's okay. fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Sandra and oh, thanks. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I, just, I don't know. Where did the time go? I can't believe it's 830 already. <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining me as well as the listeners. Um, you can catch this episode and other shows on brownskinspeaks.com, spelled B-R-N-S-K-N. I'm also podcasting on iTunes. Just search Brownskin in your iTunes store. Until next time, Brownskin Speaks, thank you, Miss Shonda. Thank you, Lady Spice. Oh, thank you so thank much you for having Brown me. Skin. No problem. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Okay, Bye. thank you, Brownskin. Bye-bye now. <laughs>